Hello everyone, Pastor Scott here. Pastor Don as well, great to have you guys with us today. This is Good News from Good Sam, the podcast from Good Samaritan Church here in Las Vegas, Nevada, and we're so happy to have you listening whenever and wherever that might be. So Pastor Don, you told a story, well, let me say this first, we're still in our series, Uh, this is the sixth episode of this series and this podcast about reimagining my life right. and and today uh, well I'm not going to say what we're talking about today cuz I want you told a story that I'd love to have you tell now uh I don't know do we need a disclaimer no probably not no no no, well, <laughs> no swear words in this um there were swear words in the story but I'm going to leave or in the actual m- moment but I'll leave those out of the story right uh, because it's a great story and I appreciated you sharing it because uh, well, let's just hear the story. Okay, so at our last, before we moved to our new campus, when uh, I first came to Good Samaritan, the campus was located at the corner of Torrey Pines and Flamingo. Um, and there's actually still a church there. It's a kind of a Filipino uh, So for the people not, not maybe in Las Vegas that, oh, that are listening to this, this... So Good Samaritan was there for a long time. Right, yeah. Even, it was even a, before you got gosh, there. Gosh, yeah, that, that was the campus for about 20 years. And then when I got there... Um, we kind of outgrew that campus, and we're trying to figure out what to do, and ended up relocating to our current location. But yep. that's beside the point. The point was when we were at that particular location, um, there was a big park about two blocks down the street from that campus, and there were a fair number of homeless people that would uh, would sleep in that park and stuff at night. So we got a, a good amount of traffic from homeless folks coming in looking for some food or a little bit of help, sometimes looking for some money. And if you are familiar at all with homelessness, about 80 to 90% of people that are homeless have either some kind of mental illness, some kind of addiction, or both. And so you always had to be very careful how you interacted and just try to be very polite and grace-filled, but also careful. And so one time a gentleman came in and we dealt with this guy before and I, we knew he was a little volatile, but he obviously was uh, fairly angry, having maybe a, a, an episode and it appeared to me that he was either drunk or high or something because he came barging in and demanded in a very loud voice that we give him some money. Because you're a Christian church. Because we're a Christian church and, and we're supposed to help people that need help and and he needed some money so that he could go get something to eat. Or I, I don't know. He was being very demanding. I don't remember all the details. It was quite a few years ago. And I just remember that Jolene was the office manager. She kind of peeked around the corner. I come running down the hallway. Now, granted, a very short hallway. It was a very small <laughs> building. But I come out there. And, and so I start talking to him. And I look at Jolene. And she nods her head, which, you know, okay, I'll dial 911. And uh, then she closes her door. It just kind of gives me a thumbs up, like, good luck, Pastor. But down the hallway, uh, there's a group of ladies. This is during the day, so these are retired ladies uh, playing some cards. No, wait, 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 wait now. Because somebody listening, cards in church? Oh. But it's Vegas. I'm sure it's Vegas, yeah, right. Okay. I'm, sure that, I'm sure there was not that much money involved in, right. in the yeah, gambling. No. And uh, they were obviously a little taken aback by what's going on. So he and I are kind of discussing his need for money and... And he starts to get a little bit more belligerent and kind of threatening. So I'm like, I realize i got to get him out of the building because right now he's scaring the ladies um, down in the fellowship hall. So I walk outside and I see that he's put his bike in his backpack there. 
So now he follows me outside. He's yelling at me that I'm ignoring him and, and I should help him. And, and I said, he's like, until you calm down, I'm not going to help you. You need to leave the campus and come back when you're calm and maybe we can talk about it. You know, whatever. I'm, I'm trying to just calm him down. He's not having anything to do with it. He's escalating. So I realized, okay, at this point, uh, I'm just going to get him off the campus. So I grab his bike and I start to walk it to the edge of our campus. You were just helping him. I was helping him get the heck off of our campus. <laughs> well, at that point, he grabs the bike and now we're in this wrestling match for the bike. And he's yelling at me and I'm losing my temper a little bit. I'm yelling at him, you got to get off our campus. You're scaring my people. You can't tell me blankety blank 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 what to do. Da, da, da. So finally, I, I take his bike and I'm with him kind of holding on to it. We, we wrestle and he falls to the ground and I, and I drag his bike the last few feet to the edge of campus and kind of throw it off of our campus onto the sidewalk and grab his backpack and throw it there and he's laying on the ground he's yelling at me he goes that's not how Jesus would behave <laughs> and I yelled down at him I'm like I'm not Jesus <laughs> um, and then I look up at the the window and the little old ladies have come down the hallway and they've got their hands and their and their faces pressed against the window they get these big wide eyes and I realized maybe that wasn't the best way to handle that whole situation but couple things I realized. I do not have a Messiah complex. I in no way consider myself to be Jesus. Second thing, and I've known this about myself, that when I have a little bit of a temper uh, and tend to not always keep that temper under control, especially when being threatened or physically kind of pushed around. So, All right, now, so you tell that story because the topic for this podcast right. is... Learning to uh, reimagine my life to think like Jesus. Uh -huh. All right, because here's the thing we are not Jesus. Right. So we will never be completely like Jesus. But John Ortberg, in one of his books, uh, has a great quote where he talks about the purpose of a spiritual life is to become more like Jesus. Some people will argue the purpose of a spiritual life is to get into heaven or to go to church. Um, but his argument is, and I, and I agree with it to a large degree, the purpose of a spiritual life is to become more like Jesus. Because what gets us into heaven is our, is our belief in Jesus. But this idea of the spiritual life, right, becoming more spiritual, is really saying we want to become more like Jesus. So if we want to reimagine our spiritual life, part of it is learning to think more like Jesus. Right. Once again, we will never become Jesus. Yep. Right? We yep. are not Jesus. We are not saying that. <laughs> but we can become more Christ-like in our actions, our words, and things like that. Well, and I think, you know, I appreciate your honesty in sharing the story because the reality is all of us, um, maybe not in that exact situation, but all of us who follow Christ, uh, have had moments oh, when we, we're far from acting like Christ or thinking true. like Jesus. And you know, those of you who are listening, maybe think about a time when you, uh, you, you were not, yeah. <laughs> you were not acting very much like Jesus. Uh, but if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are at least interested in in things spiritual. Yep. And so, part of that is to look at the life of Jesus and think about how he behaved, how he acted. Right, our kind of our theme verse for this day comes from First Corinthians, um, where there's this in chapter two. It talks about how, as followers of Christ, we know spiritual things. As God has spent sent His Spirit to tell us, and He searches out and He shows us God's secrets. So the first part of this verse is this reminder that 
the Spirit of God is able to teach us spiritual things that non-spiritual people can't understand, right? And then at the very end of it, it says kind of our theme verse, it says, Strange as it seems, we Christians actually do have within us a portion of the very thoughts Hmm. and mind of Christ. Let me say that again. As Christians, we actually have within us a portion, right? And this is through the power of the Holy Spirit, a portion of the very thoughts and mind of Christ. So we, we are in tune with God's Spirit. When we are living out our spiritual lives, we get in tune with those thoughts and the mind of Christ. And so I would argue that if you want to reimagine kind of your spiritual life, reimagine what it means to think like Jesus, the purpose is to be, get in tune with those thoughts and that mind of Christ that you and me and all of us that follow Christ have within us, right? It's that Holy Spirit that's in us that kind of gets us in tune with the mind and the thought of Christ. And, and I just insert, if you want to look up the verse, that's 1 Corinthians 2, and that last part's verse 16. Verse 16, right. 1 yep. Corinthians 2, and, and the whole thing that I kind of have in the sermon outline is 10 through 16, and that's probably a good reminder. We should tell them that we are now attaching sermon outlines yep. to these podcasts. Yeah, check the resources section on whatever podcast you are there, and then... Um, Right. You should be able to find that. Because when we say the scriptures, sometimes it's really good for you to have the scriptures in front of you. So we encourage you, if you're at a place where you can do that, to maybe print those off, have those scriptures in front of you. It's a, it's a great way to grow, grow deeper. So we're going to take just a quick break okay. and come back to the first point. So when I reimagine my spiritual life and begin to think more like Jesus, here's the first thing that's going to happen. You're going to become more loving, right? This is really an important thing. When Jesus came and spoke, he brought to the world this deepest longing that we have to experience God's love. And if you look at the way he lived, he lived with so much love for people, Um, especially sometimes for the most outcast and disregarded people. And if we want to have more of the mind of Christ, we will become more loving. And here's why I say this, because sometimes people break religiosity down to a series of actions meant to show that we are religious. I go to church, I give, I, I sing real loud, I'm in the choir, I'm on the council. All those things are good. But those are not what make you spiritual. Those things are there to help you grow in your spirituality. And the way you can determine whether you are growing in your spirituality is are you becoming more or less loving? In general, we all have our moments, right? But in general, um, when they asked Jesus about this, right? Um, instead of religious markers, right? Instead of saying, well, if you do this, you're going you're gonna to fast and you're going to eat the right kinds of foods and you're going to say the right kinds of things. You know, we do this. We love these markers and we say, this is what makes me religious. Jesus had a whole different attitude about yep. it. He summed it up with love. What's the greatest commandment? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So for Jesus, everything, all the commands, all the rules that we follow are to make us more loving. So if you want to have a mind like Jesus, you will become more loving. First okay? John chapter 4, verse 7 says it like this. Dear friends... Let us love one another, for love comes from God. And then it says this very key phrase, 
everyone who loves has been born of God and knows mm. God. Mm. So when asked to identify what the rules of the law of God's word were about, Jesus had a very simple response. Love God, love people. And those are the first four words of our mission statement here at Good Samaritan. Love God, love people. Pretty good stuff to follow what Jesus is thinking and saying. So obviously we're a little biased, but we think that that's really the heart of the mind of Christ, is this idea of loving. And I kind of joked about this, but I want to introduce you to a couple people that we pastors are sometimes familiar with. I'm going to call it Cranky Hank and Krabby Karen. (laughs) Uh, and you can identify them uh, in just about any church you go to because they're the ones that sit in the back and complain about everything. They complain about how the music's too loud, how the sermon's too long, about how there's too many kids in the service and how noisy they are. Uh, they just complain. They're not happy. They're not loving. Uh, they feel that their job is to point out all the things that need to be corrected. And I would ask, are they growing in their spirituality? Uh, probably not. Probably not. Uh, doesn't mean they're not saved. Doesn't mean that God doesn't love them. Right. It just means at some point in their religious life, they've stopped growing. Because that is one of the greatest signs of the mind of Christ, is you become more loving. Now, another thing, and I use this one because I struggle with this one a lot. If I want to reimagine my spiritual life and to think more like Jesus... I am more considered about how I choose my words. Mm. Well, you mean the words you used with that homeless guy? <laughs> could have been more yeah. thought out? I can't use all the words I used with him on this podcast, um, unfortunately. <laughs> Thankfully, I think most of the ladies that were watching this unfold only could see the actions and not hear the words. Um, but uh, so... John 12, Jesus actually said this. He says, I don't speak in my own authority. The Father who has sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. Wow. Right? Even Jesus was guided in the way he spoke by his Father in heaven. If you find that your mouth frequently gets you in trouble, then learn to have more of the mind of Christ. Right? Work on your spirituality. And the more you begin to think like Jesus, the more you're going to be aware of your words. Jesus was always aware of his words. Um, James, I love James. If you read, if you want a book that just kind of says, here's how it is, this is how you're supposed to behave, read the book of James in the Bible. It says, indeed, we will make many mistakes, but if we could control our tongue, we would approach perfection and be better in many ways. Wise, wise, wise words. words. If you think about the life, Scott, how did Jesus speak to people? Very lovingly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he cared about them. Yeah, obviously, we know that. And um, he was compassionate. compassionate. But there were times yeah. when he was direct. Very to, I mean, he, he was, was always thoughtful. Yes. Not always, I mean, never necessarily I, mean. Yeah, I wouldn't say he was unkind. Right. But, I mean, there obviously are instances where... And you mentioned it in your message, especially with religious leaders, where he called called them out. Right. And when did he call them out? He called them out when they were more concerned about the rules right. than about the love. That's right. Their rules were actually keeping people from knowing Christ in a, or knowing God the Father in a loving way. Yeah. And he did. He he said, "You're missing the point. Yeah. 
you know, you were missing the point of what religion is all about. And he, he had sometimes had hard words. Like at one point he says, Woe to you teachers of the law and you Pharisees, which is basically the religious leaders. You are hypocrites. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. Now, that's still thoughtful. Yep. Right? And, and accurate. And accurate. <laughs> right? When he, they, they caught that woman in adultery and they were trying to get him to condemn her and they were trying to trick him. You know, he, he was thoughtful about what he said. And he probably said the only thing that could have got him, her and him out of the situation. Yeah. Any one of you without sin casts the first stone. Yeah. Just thoughtful. So if you want to have more of the mind of Christ, you're a little bit more thoughtful. Well, and, and I think, you know, letting the Holy Spirit um, mm-hmm. guide us in that too. Because on our own, it isn't always that easy. So much- All of us struggle with, you know, what I'd really like to say. Versus what I should say. Someone told me that when you are ready to say something you feel is going to be a little bit of a hot retort, you know, maybe someone says something to you and you're going to come back, if you can pause and count to three. Yeah. You know? More often than not, you'll be a little bit better, a little bit more thoughtful about what you say. Um, here's another thing that Jesus was really amazing about. If you want to have more of the mind of Christ, it's like this. is to You trust more fully that God is with you at all times. Jesus lived in the presence of God always. He always took time to be with God. John 16 says, a time is coming. Jesus says these words. A time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered. Right? He's getting ready to go to Jerusalem. He knows the disciples are going to desert him. He knows he's going to be alone to, be, to face the religious leaders cru- tortured and crucified. He says, you're going to all be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. But then look what he says. Yet I am not alone, for my Father will be with me. Right? Jesus knew in all times and all places his Father was with him. When you have the mind of Christ, you know that no matter what you face, no matter what you go through, you don't go through it alone. Alone. Always aware of God's constant care. Right? And how can you be aware of God's constant care? The answer is through prayer. Jesus made prayer a daily habit. Whenever he was busy, whenever he was had a lot coming on, he would pray. Luke 5.16 says, Jesus often slipped away to be alone so he could pray. I heard somebody say once, prayer is not about us getting God's attention, but God getting our attention. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Remind, hey, I'm here. That's right. I'm here for you. Yeah, I, um, so I'll ask you a question. How often do you slip away to pray? And when you get busier, or when you get busy, if you are already a praying person, do you pray less or do you pray more? Martin Luther, when he would get busy, he kind of had this idea like, I'm too busy to not pray. Because he knew that prayer is what helped him center and actually helped him to get more done. And, And I think, if I can just throw in, sometimes I think people... You know, we'll say, well, it's got to be a long prayer or something. I mean, it doesn't even have to be that long. Mm -hmm. It might just be 20 seconds where you're refocusing, reshifting, re-gearing and going, let's get God focused again and not just me focused. You're rushing somewhere. Maybe you jump in your car. You're in a hurry to get somewhere. You take 15 seconds as you start the car to say, God, you know, calm me down. Help me focus. It's it's so simple to do. Um, You miss the gifts of God when you fail to get with God. And here's the truth. If you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. Yep. You'll get more done here, there, and everywhere when you pause for prayer. Right? The mind of Christ is to know that God is with you at all times, to make sure that prayer helps you get there. (laughs) 
And then finally, the last thing we're going to share, I'd like to share with you today, is just this reminder that the mind of Christ was like this. is choosing to do the right thing even when it's hard to do. Right? And if you look at the life of Jesus, that was such a big part um, of, of his ministry. Reaching out to the unlovable, caring for the uncared for, confronting corrupt leaders, um, allowing himself to go to the cross again and again. He did the right thing when he was going to get judged for it, when he was going to be crucified, made fun of, condemned. He did the right thing. In John 6, he says these words, I have come down from heaven to do what God wants me to do, not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And if you think of it, that is such a countercultural statement. Yep. And I, and I want to say in this country, but it's not just America, but so self-focused. Yep. Everything's about me. What, what, what makes me feel good? What do I want to do? And the mind of Christ says, you know what? I'm going to do what's right, even if it doesn't necessarily benefit me. I think of the phrase that a lot of people might be familiar with, servant leadership. And Jesus was that example of a servant leader. Perfect. What's better for people than me? Yeah. I mean, what's the name of our church? Good Samaritan. Yep. Think about that story. He he was inconvenienced from his trip. Now, maybe he was meeting some folks. He couldn't call them on the cell phone and say, I'm going to be late. You know, maybe some people were waiting for him, but he stopped. He probably got his robes bloody. Uh, he gave away money, uh, gave away time to help this guy that looked like he might have been dead to begin with um, after several religious leaders walked by him. I mean, the story of the Good Samaritan is the story of somebody who did the right thing when it was very inconvenient to do yeah. so. And, yeah, and the religious leaders walked by. That's yeah. the amazing part. Because it was spiritually inconvenient for them. Because the man was unclean. Um, You know, and when they asked the question, when Jesus asked the question, uh, who was the one, who was the one that treated him like a neighbor? And the man that Jesus tells the story says, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus says, now go and do the same thing. Being a good person is not easy. Committing to do the right thing is hard. It's a hard choice to make, but when you do, it's going to make you come closer to the mind and the heart of Christ. Well, and I think part of what we've been trying to say in, in the whole series, too, is, is that when we reimagine our life in these ways, life's going to be better. Yes. Because it's going to be more Christ-like, mm-hmm. Christ-centered, mm-hmm. Uh, life the way God envisioned it to be. And it may not be easier in the moment, right? but it will be better overall. Um, so, my friends, I hope that you will reimagine your spiritual life through the mind of Christ, right? And understanding that if you really are going to be growing in your spirituality and get more of the mind of Christ, you're going to find yourself in general, not always in every moment, but in general becoming more loving, more considerate about how you speak to people in choosing your words. Trusting that God is with you in more ways. And one of the best ways to do this is through prayer. And then choosing to do the right thing, even when it's hard. That will get you much more of the mind of Christ. Cool. Hey, Pastor Don, thanks for sharing that today in this episode of the podcast. And thanks to all of you who were listening today. And uh, if you found this helpful, 
share it with one of your friends. Absolutely. Uh, let it, let them know. Maybe you know somebody who uh, would benefit by this, and that'd be a great thing for you to do for them. Thanks again for listening. If you want more information about our church or some of the activities here, especially if you live in the area, or you don't but want to watch some of our online yeah. options and that, go to www.goodsamlv.com. Goodsamlv.com. This has been the podcast from Good Samaritan. It's called Good News from Good Sam, and we're happy that you joined us today.